Security Excellence Through Education, Corporate Security University. Everybody, it is awesome to see you, hear you, and uh, have you here with us. I am Carlos Francisco with Corporate Security University, where it is um, excellence in education. And, and I'm really excited to have our, our awesome guest with us, Mr. Greg Bowman, big-time security professional, works for one of the largest social media companies in the world. But him and I happen to have something in common, and we come from a very specific uh, niche in the business, which is data centers. And I mean, who else would I have better to just talk about the data center world than another data center pro? And I'm not the pro, by the way, he is. So uh, I'm very excited to have you on, Mr. Greg Bowman. How are you, man? Carlos, what's good? What's going on, man? Always good to, always good to chat. You know, it is good to chat, especially on something that uh, you and I are very passionate about. And sometimes we still have to explain to people what a data center is. Uh, uh, world is and uh but but yeah man so what is what is a data center for a lot of the security folks that are just trying to i don't know figure out what what this world is like you know um i i'm going to qualify our, our conversation here that throughout this this chat i'm going to say data and data and i use them interchangeably because yeah, never we always get asked which one is it whatever works for you go with it so, uh, you know, my my uh, my entrance into the data center world was after uh, my, my transition into the private sector. And uh, I remember asking somebody, somebody brought up a data center. What is that? Well, I, I learned very quickly. It's the cloud. It's literally where data is stored by companies for usage for their particular purpose. And you'll you'll hear about different types of, of data usage, right? Uh, social media company. So my cat pictures, your dog pictures, your kid pictures, uh, social media company may own or lease data center space to store that information so that when you log into their application, it is readily available at your fingertips. Um, you're going to have uh, perhaps customer facing data centers. Banks use data centers for storing your financial information. Uh, credit card companies use data centers for storing their information. Healthcare providers use data centers for storing their information. It's any repository that requires a large amount of storage for electronic information. Yeah, it is a big repository. So I agree. It, you know, we were just talking earlier, Greg, and there's all different types, too, of data centers. You know, you, you have, uh, like you said, you have the co-location kind of data centers where uh, they literally hold the data of multiple companies within one building. Then they have the lease sites, which kind of works in a way where, you know, you may own an entire floor or the entire building, but it's another data center provider kind of thing. Um, and when, then we have kind of like our proprietary data centers that are big companies like uh, AWS, Google, um, they have Apple have that, uh, Facebook has it. So a lot of a lot of that as well. Then they're all a little bit different. And, you know, I, I know that we talked about they're different because there's different types of purposes and reasons 
why they have to be different. In your point of view, why, why are some of them different compared to the others? Well, a lot of it falls towards regulatory compliance. Uh, you know, security levels, risk levels, and then and then compliance levels will dictate what type of security, both physical information, uh, network security, are to be used. So, you know, we start with with social media. You know, your your family pictures stored on a social media apps uh, servers in a data center don't rise to the level that, say, government information would be needed to store, right? So there is a, a very large gap there. And then depending on the information that's being held will dictate as well. Um, those in the financial industry may be familiar with SOX, uh, SOX compliance or SOC, SOC 2 compliance, SOC compliance, uh, right. PCI payment card information. So the, the type of data that's being held by an individual facility or a company will most likely dictate what they have. If uh, my company is handling payment card information, I'm processing credit card transactions, I'm processing any sort of exterior facing financial transactions, then I have to meet payment card industry standards, which carries its own list of requirements. Uh, if I'm holding government information, that's gonna be a whole other set of requirements that the government may dictate. Um, ISO 27001 is another uh, standard to which uh, data holder data providers hold themselves to. So it really depends on what is being stored or what we're, what data we're talking about. Yeah, and then and then you know we have some companies out there till today, and there was a, a big battle a couple of years ago. Who's going to get the government contract? You know, it was going to be Microsoft Azure or, or AWS, and uh, we know we know who won that one, and um, which uh, you and I might have worked for them in a past life. But you're right, because, you know, those data centers, they're also holding the government cloud stuff. You know, they have things to, that to deal with. You know, a lot of them use uh, the NISPOM, the NISP operating uh, manual, or they have to work with uh, the NIST, which is the National uh, Industrial Security Program, uh, the NISP side of the house. And then if you're doing some power stuff, you know, you have the old NERC SIP. Uh, that they got to deal with. And every data center is very specific to to those. And you have the security of it has to adhere to that. To, and basically what the client wants too, if we're going back to the colo sites or the lease sites, uh, a lot of times the clients that are holding their data there uh, have kind of like a saying on, hey, you know, this is the kind of access control systems that I'm looking for, or, or camera systems, intrusion detection systems, you know, whatever the case may be. And again, it's very specific to your business, to what you're doing. And like you said, if you're federally traded, well, socks come in the way and it's going to tell you, you know, that you're going to need to be complying with that. And, and, and if you're in Europe, right, you got GDPR stuff, man, that you got to deal with. So it's always a, a fun ride, fun ride in the data center world, man. It, it is. And, and I think a lot of what we're talking about and where, you know, where we see, you know, I know you've done some presentations that, that talk about the ninja approach and, and you know, really and what we're talking about is risk mitigation and risk. What is your threat? What is your risk to your data? And and some of the conversations that we see in the industry are, you know, you take your, your basic level uh, social media platform data, the dog pictures, the family pictures, the cat pictures versus uh, a nuclear facility that holds data offsite at a data center really which one poses a greater risk? Uh, you know, there, there could be some arguments either way that yeah. personal information, PII from, from 
uh, social media could pose a danger. In my mind, that nuclear site, that government site, probably has a higher risk level than somebody trying to get in to look at my cat pictures. So uh, <laughs> I agree. And 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 uh, you have incredible cats, by the way. They're they're beautiful. I, I would want to make sure that I that I had a, a pardon in that. But uh, but you're right. And so yeah. So we have all these different kinds of approaches to data centers. And so as you know, the education piece here, if you're going to come into a data center world, you might really uh, try to understand what SOX is all about, right? And you might want to understand what SOC 123 is all about. And you might uh, take a look at really a GDPR and, and the NERC SIPs and the NIST bonds and, you know, make sure you understand and what you're going to see out there actually in a lot of job descriptions, you'll see those, those letters and words and, and NIST you know, and all those things too. So as you're coming into the field of data centers, it is quite specific and, uh, but it is a niche. And the cool thing about it, Greg, is that it's a niche that is growing because what we hear in the office spaces and high rise buildings, all these other things that are out there in the world where a lot of, you know, physical security professionals get into, you know, those things are either leveling out or, or, or kind of going down on growth and data centers, man, are continually growing. Well, and, and look at our, not necessarily even the data center industry, but look at what's going on around us in the tech world. We're talking about artificial intelligence, machine learning, augmented reality, you know, all, all of these, you know, I'll call them buzz terms to a degree that are being thrown out there. Chat GPT. This is all data driven services that are that are going on there. It requires data storage. And yep. where, where does that live? It lives in a data center. So yeah. as, as more of this becomes more prevalent, as these services, these tech-heavy services become more and more part of our daily lives, that data has to be held somewhere. The computing power is needed. that's needed to generate these, these products has to come from somewhere. And it's one of our large buildings that holds just hundreds and thousands of, of server racks. Yeah, and interesting that you said that. Um, one of the things that you know I, I use to measure how uh, how important these data centers are too, and I love to, to hit this one up for the folks that are listening, trying to learn about data centers, is also the cost of like each rack and the cost of each you know host that's out there that's that you know holds all these um, HDDs and SDD cards and all these things are very expensive and. And it's amazing how much, you know, one rack costs. And if you do the math on all of these things that are inside of a data center, there's a good chance that just in inventory wise, you're talking about, you know, in a big site, billions of dollars. And it's not going to get any cheaper because these computers are getting more expensive uh, as, as we get to, like you said, more computing power because of AI and machine learning. So I use the value of those inventories as a way also to showcase how important or how impressive my security needs are in a data center compared to just a, an office space, which, you know, office space, obviously you have a lot of things going on there and you have people, which is important, right? We got to protect the people first, but yeah, it's just amazing how much uh, all these things cost inside of one. 
No, I think it's a really good point to raise because as as we look at, you know, particularly through a learning lens or through an educational lens, you know, what are we protecting? What are companies protecting? Why are they protecting it? And that's that's a really foundational physical security set of questions. And to your point, you're right. An office space may be people heavy. So the the risk mitigation efforts, the threat mitigation efforts are likely going to be more people focused to protect those assets, the, the people force. We get into a, a hardware situation in a data center where comparatively there aren't that many people working in them compared to a high rise office building, say, for example. Right. But you're right, you know, the hardware pieces that you and I are, are familiar with, we're talking into the hundreds of millions of dollars, not counting the building itself. This is all oh, well, just yeah. the consumable hardware pieces that are going in and out of the building through their normal life cycle. So we look at it from a business economical perspective, that that level of protection must be consummate to the level of our of our value of our equipment. And then we get into you know, on the risk side, how what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And, and then that's a whole other conversation that we can get into in, in that sense. Man, the amount of things I've learned, you know, in the data center world and that where I usually call it where physical meets logical, uh, which is at the rack, which is something that we don't usually secure out there in the world. Uh, but the data center, obviously, there's a very specific thing to that. You know what I learned, too, in the data center world, like the how important supply chain is. I, I in security, like I knew, you know, how important it was. And I knew a little bit of back in my Mickey Mouse days, uh, our supply chain when it came to plushes and Mickey Mouse, uh, Mickey years and stuff like that. But I mean, the supply chain today for us in the data center world, because of all of the precious metals that are used to build these things and the cost of each individual server, you know, and, and what, yeah. So I'm man, I learned a lot of things that I never knew in the past. So supply chain is a big thing for us. Supply chain investigation is a big thing for us. There's a lot of other side. Uh, there's this whole other side of, of data centers, man, that are, it's impressive to me and I'm still learning about it every day. Well, and I think a lot of the, the, the folks listening to this could relate as, as we come out of the pandemic the last few years. Uh, I think everybody's likely familiar with the, the car shortage issue that we had going on across the U.S. And it may not. Plenty, right, plenty it, of trucks available now. Plenty. plenty yes. Of trucks. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't necessarily the vehicles that were in short supply. It was all of the chips that run the electronics that made everything go. That was the same issue we were facing with. So you talk about supply chain issues. Those are the, the you know, the pickup trucks that you can get a chip for. That That's what was making the news. But we all felt it on the data center side of hearing partners complain about not able to source racks, not able to source hard drives because of all these chip shortages, with then, which then forces movements to equipment. It forces shifting strategies, which then impacts not only capacity logistics, security logistics as well, because now we have to accommodate partners to ensure that everything, all these moving pieces line up at the same place that that to store somebody's dog pictures on one of our server racks or, uh, you know, your credit card information at, at your bank's data center. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly it. So, uh, man, I've, I've, I learned a whole bunch, right? And they're very specific standards of building how, you know, how your cameras are going to be, where they're going to be facing, how they're going to be facing the doors to be used, the access control to be uh, used. And some of them, some of data centers out there are heavy on metal detecting, 
you know, some are not. It really depends on the risk that they see to to everything else. Uh, what I also realized that if you are a data center that is a provider providing, you know, space for other companies to come in, that their security is also a lot different. It's a lot heavier uh, than, you know, a, a company where they just store their own stuff. And it's, you know, a, 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 a very different on, on their approach to security. And I've seen all different types Greg, I seen uh, I seen companies where it's quite open and come on in kind of thing, and I seen some that you will find people with AK forty sevens and K nine in all black military gear as you walk into their data center. That's how wide and diverse the data center security world is. Yeah, we've I think between uh, between us both and our travels and companies we've worked for, we've seen a, a very broad spectrum of uh, approaches to physical security, which then implies the approach to risk mitigation by those companies themselves, where, you know, some companies are willing to accept that risk that having a more open campus or less layers of defense may pose, where some companies are not so open to that and their mitigation efforts include uh, the growling canine or the, the tacked out, uh, SWAT guy running around with his uh, rifle slung over his chest. Oh, man, I love those guys with the Batman, the Batman belts. Love them. Love them all day, every day. Uh, but you're right. And what I've seen, too, in a lot of these companies, Greg, and in talking to, you know, a lot of the representatives uh, of these companies is that, you know, they almost use it like as a marketing tool. You know, this decked out black on black uh, external bulletproof vest. A human being with the Batman belt standing there. It's almost like a marketing tool for them for companies that are coming out and say, wow, this place is really safe. For me, it's a little scary. It's a little scary. I got in trouble one time coming into, I'm not going to say the data center name, but uh, there's a couple of other folks that were with me there for a tour. And um, when we walked in, there was a, uh, there was a security security person there though it was a he so he was he was black on black with the black outer bulletproof vest and the batman belt and all of a sudden i just i just felt like i needed to ask him excuse me sir i am scared is there a threat or something going on here today you know and and you see the other folks that were with me start looking at me like okay carlos you know where are you going with this and the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. No, no, I'm a little afraid, man, because, like, you are decked out. Are we about to enter a war zone? Right? And the guys still around me were like, oh, no, I know where you're going now. You know, it's because I am very heavy on the risk factors, right? And I grew up in corporate for a very long time. And if if you're not mitigating, avoiding, accepting, transferring, or, or kind of sharing those risks. Uh, everything else to me is just a Ocean's Eleven type story, or uh, I don't know, man, 007 Mission Impossible deal that you somehow you put in your head that it's going to happen. But but they do use it a lot as as a marketing tactic for for companies, and 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 that's okay too. You know, if that's what they want to do, I, you can't you can't take away from from their approach. No, it's 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 you know we we've seen enough that it's it's comical sometimes to the extreme that some some companies go to which again to each their own and if that's their their perception that's their need that's their customer's perception of what's needed then by all means you know we we all we all work with our customers to uh, to that degree the the flip side to that is 
you know, kind of the the joke in physical security is, you know, we can secure anything. But if I'm going to spend $100,000 to build an enclosure, put cameras and access control and intrusion detection systems and, and laser beams and microwave detection across this thing, and I'm spending 100000 to protect something that's worth 20000 and it's insured, where my risk is now transferred to another party, and it's not proprietary, it's not reputational, it's really not going to do me any harm. Why am I spending that hundred thousand dollars to protect that twenty thousand dollar item? Well, because ninjas, ninjas are around and they want your data and pirates data and <laughs> pirates. <laughs> pirates have been found in Ashburn, Virginia, and they're yeah. coming after your booty. And was it booty and and your data? That's yeah. that's what they're trying. That's what they're trying to do. But I'm not, you know. Good point. Good point. I think I think the industry is definitely growing. It's been around. You know, I keep on saying around 15 years or so. I'm gonna be honest with you. I all I remember data centers being was like uh, that one room in the back of a building uh, that the only person that could get in there was like the IT guy. It's, it, it was like dual access, and I'm like, what is this? There's a card and there's numbers that I have to press to get in. Like this is you know way prior to everything else, but they, I mean, it has evolved a whole bunch from that one IT room in the back that I think every office building had for a long time. A lot of them still do, but it sure has evolved from there. And uh, I'm really excited about the business. I'll give you a quick number that I just saw the other day, uh, Greg, that uh, said that today the data center business is about, and I saw this on uh, when I was out with the data center world last week, but today the business is about $310 billion a year business by 2025, 2025 is supposed to go down to uh, up to about 425 billion. That's uh, 115 billion in two years. I, uh, I absolutely believe that number, Carlos, you know, my, in my travels, at least, and I know some of yours where, because of our roles, we travel to areas that are considered fiber hubs around the country. Uh, I mean, it, it, there are data centers on every corner and they're still growing and still building. And, um, you know, I, I was recently at a site in the Pacific Northwest where not only is, are the four corners of one very large intersection in an industrial park covered in, in data centers, there are more being built all around it. And it's just mind boggling to see that much construction in that industry. And that's one area of one region. So yeah. multiply that across the globe. We see growth in subsea cables. We see growth in uh, infrastructure connecting fiber hubs and, and data centers. The, the, the growth across the whole industry is phenomenal right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I mean, it truly is incredible. Uh, we did a presentation in GSX Atlanta, my, myself and our good friend, Rhett Waddell. And I remember looking, I said, you know, let me just look, pull, I'm just going to put data center, you know, near, near me on a Google map uh, in Atlanta and, and came up with 96. There was 96 different data center, data center providers, data center pops, data center, you know, God, we didn't even talk about pops. Uh, anyways, and ILO huts and uh, ILA huts, sorry, uh, and all this other stuff. But anyways, and the edge, out in the edge. But yeah, it, it's amazing how these buildings are all the way around us. And we just still know so very little about them as a public. As a public, I know people um, that are coming into this field, either in law enforcement or military, you know, they don't know much about it and they learn kind of on the go. 
you you get you all of a sudden you step into a data center job and it's like oh this is what it is i get it because just a lot of us don't don't yeah well yeah in, in a way for me it was like that too you know and greg you guys can't see in the video right now but he's pointing at himself for me, it was like that too, Greg, because when I was with Mickey Mouse in the back of the Magic Kingdom, uh, we had the IT building and it was a building. But back then it was literally called the IT building. And I'm talking about late 90s, early 2000s. And that's all it was. It was the IT building. Right. And so I kind of had to understand because it was a different type of security there and you had to be specially trained to work there. Um, so I had an idea of what it was because I had a chance to work there to rotate through it. That was about it. That's about all I knew, you know, and then I didn't hear about the word data center until much, much later in life. And then all of a sudden, boom, I'm in the data center world. Yeah, I, I'm laughing. I was pointing at myself when you said that, because when I uh, made the transition from law enforcement into the private sector, uh, my cousin was helping me you know, navigate that journey. Calls me one day and he says, hey, uh, you know, I found this role as a as a data center security manager. I think this is up your alley and kind of read off some of the job type, you know, description and and budget and guard force management personnel. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And my first question was, what's a data center? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so no, I, I hear you because, you know, it's the sausage theory where People enjoy it, but they don't necessarily want to know how it's made or know how it's made, right? And right. a data center is the same thing. It's it's this large building that that people I think would be surprised how many they probably drive by across the country without realizing what it is or what's inside of it, and really what goes on behind the curtain. Um, you know, the great Oz. You know, you you look behind the curtain on this thing, and really it's not that exciting once you get inside of it. But there are yeah. so many pieces that have to work together between power, between environmental control, between oh logical systems. It's, it's amazing what makes these buildings run to that degree. Yeah. Power, electric, right? EHS disposal stuff. There's so many uh, very important things that, that are within our business. And, and the beauty about it, Greg, is that, you know, the security officers alone down on the ground in the field, they're able to really help the facilities and finding out a lot of things that go wrong at times, like water issues or power issues. It's the officers down on the ground that usually come up with, hey, man, there's something wrong over here, and uh, which they're saved. So kudos to all the officers that are working in the data center world because they're saving companies a heck of a lot of money. And it's funny. I was just saying this the other day to another security company saying, look, if you understand my business, data center world, that's what I want, right? If you're going to RFP and you're going to interview with me and you talk uh, data center or lingo to Carlos, hey, Carlos gets happy, right? And if you have the those ideas, uh, and I'm going to tell you right now, you want to get into the data center world, security companies, look, speak my lingo, understand what is important to me. Like, you know, if you're going to sell me technology, sell me technology that have to do with the racks, sell me technology that has to do specifically to uh, a data center, right? Um, if you're going to talk to me about training of your security officers, yes, do your 40 hours, whatever it is that you need, state mandated training and everything else. But then go out and train your officers on what is important to the facilities folks as well. You know, water issues, thermo issues. If you do those things and you come to an interview with Carlos and you mention that, look, these are the things we're going to focus on because we want you to look good, Carlos. Boom. There's a good chance that Carlos may like you. Uh, as opposed to another company that might just sell me the same electronic stuff that uh, you and I, Greg, uh, know and, and sell me the same kind of training that 
yeah, it is normal. It needs to be done in a security world, but doesn't go above and beyond. It's, you know, it's, it's learning the business or the industry that you're trying to get into. And, yeah. you know, it can be hard without having set foot into it. But to your point, your, your students, your listeners of Corporate Security University that are you know, going to listen to this, this podcast, learning what the industry is about, hearing common terms, understanding what they, they mean. And, you know, an example of that, when I first started in the, in the business, I accompanied one of our network teams to, they talked about a break fix. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and I, what is a break fix? I said, well, let's go for a walk. We'll show you. I spent three hours with them as they swapped out servers from Iraq and they showed me their process. From that process, we identified a couple ways that I could help them as their security manager and that they could help me with my business. So it's, it's about understanding. It's about learning what goes on across the entire business to help make it run more efficiently, more effectively, and being a good partner. Because the, the other side of this is we're talking a lot about technology. We're talking a lot about all the pieces, but people are that common factor where we, we are engaging with our vendors, with our partners on site. And the people aspect is, is a huge, huge factor there. I agree. And data centers really is everybody. And you can get into contract guard for stuff or just guard for stuff where you're dealing with a lot of humans. But I think in the data center world, uh, I truly learned, Greg, about camera systems, access control systems, intrusion detection systems, you know, all the different types. I just came back from uh, from data center world. We were talking about LIDAR down the fence uh, on the fence lines, which it was interesting to me and all the other IR beam stuff that are out there to protect the rack itself on that physical security side. There's a lot of great things that the industry is doing and innovating every single day. And uh, I am most definitely excited. But this is what I thought. I thought we kind of just go down real quick on some of the issues that uh, you may find at data centers, right? And then uh, we'll kind of close this out if that's okay with you. I'll throw some stuff out, man. And if you want to throw some things in, the truth is, Greg, is that there's very little people trying to climb fences, 007 their way into a data center to right. try to steal the data. I mean, that that really is the truth. They Most data centers have great fence line and a great standoff space and, and awesome camera systems, analytical stuff going on that, that they're really protected and they have awesome people working in it. Uh, I've always seen where there, whenever there was a data center issue, which is very little, like I said, once again, they what I found is that there was no fence line or standoff space. There's like those data centers there literally right in, on the street, like uh, right. you might have known one of them in, in South San Francisco at one time. That's what I saw. But here's the biggest thing is the behavior issue in the data centers, the old piggybacking door held open kind of stuff, door forced open. No criminal stuff there, but it's just educating the folks. Is that what you're seeing out there, too? You see a lot of that? Yeah, and, and a lot of those those protocols are in place for not only security reasons, but also health and safety issues. You know, you touched on piggybacking, right, where, you know, in, in most places, one person will badge or swipe a door or use the access control. And the, the protocol or the practice is that for every person to do that behind them. The intent is one, so we know who's coming into our building, that somebody's not sneaking in because then when then we get into an insider threat perspective where somebody's inside our building now, but also from a health and safety perspective that if we have to evacuate the building, we use our access control systems to then validate how many people are in the building and did we get everybody out in, in that sort of event. So, you know, the behavior side, the people side, as much as it's a, a, a positive, people are always our weakest link when it comes to the yeah, yeah. Behavior and, side. 
I, I agree. And you always got to tighten that up externally. What I see a lot of times is people looking for someone to speak to someone at the gate or they're coming by and they came to the wrong place, wrong gate. A lot of First Amendment checks, you know, I have the right to be here, stand here, do whatever I want to do here, filming a lot of just us helping them out with a, a lot of maintenance issues or anything like that. I see some accidents where cars have ran through, through fence line. Uh, just the other day, there was a, a police chase and uh, the guy ran to the fence line. Guys, not a, again, not 007 trying to break down our fence line, run into our building through the louvers in the ceiling and try to steal data. That was just, it was an accident that occurred. And a lot of just weird, weird stuff. One of the break-ins that I saw, uh, Greg, in my long research was uh, was in Oregon and it was a, a deer uh, that broke into a data center. And it was the funniest thing to see the security video of uh, the officers trying to get that deer out of there, Ben. Uh, really interesting stuff. But the beauty about data centers is that they're super secure, great people that work there, extremely intelligent folks. And it really is a niche that I think a lot of people that are trying to get into the security business should learn about, be educated about, and really take your time to uh, see if that's something that it will work for you because it is a continuously growing industry. Last words, Mr. Bowman. You, I think you hit it on the head is that, you know, there are a lot of very different niche areas of, of physical security to get into. And if someone does have the interest in learning more about data center security, there are a lot of resources out there. There are a lot of transferable skills that not only from a, a data center physical security program that could work there, but also uh, across other types of infrastructure and, and industry. So it's all about learning. It's all about making you a better you and, and learning what uh, what you can. I love it. I love it, man. Hey, thanks a lot once again, Mr. Bowman. Greg Bowman, everybody, working for one of the largest uh, social media companies in the world and data center side of the house. Worked for another big one with uh, AWS. You no longer work there, so I'm going to say it. Uh, AWS, I also worked for AWS. And uh, so data centers, I think, is the future, and uh, everybody should think about that. Well, thanks a lot, Greg, for coming on uh, Corporate Security University and, and helping us uh, get a little bit more edumacated, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. All right, everybody. Once again, this is Carlos Francisco with Corporate Security University, where we're always trying to do our best to educate folks into the uh, corporate security world. And uh, check out check out the classes that we have. We have some courses up there. And um, always follow us with uh, our big trademark, Corporate Security Magic, uh, as we're trying to push customer-centric uh, approach to, uh, to security in, uh, in this crazy world that we're in with bombs and bad guys while lowering liability. So thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Take care. Security Excellence Through Education, Corporate Security University.